Hello, I'm Brenda Wachter, and today I'll be talking about Matthew 5, 1 through 12. Let's start with prayer. God, please speak through me today and give us greater understanding of your word and your love for us. May we end our time together today feeling more connection with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to read our passage for today. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. This section of scripture is known as the Beatitudes and is the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. To give you a bit of background, just before this, Jesus had called together his disciples and had started his ministry. He was teaching and healing people, and large crowds of people began to follow him around. This is where we start with Matthew 5. A crowd is gathering, and Jesus goes up the mountainside and sits down to teach his disciples. This section of scripture has so much in it, and there are so many things to learn from it. In the time we have today, I will talk about just a couple of those things. I believe we learn about God's deep love for us, his inclusion of us, and about how we are in a relationship with God, and when we are, everything is better. It is my understanding that at this time, the Jewish religious leaders taught that only Jewish males that were ritually pure, who were healthy and wealthy, would be entering into the kingdom of God. So if you were female, poor, non-Jewish, a sinner, you were excluded. Jesus is being a bit radical here, declaring that other, less perfect people can enter the kingdom of God. James Bryan Smith in his book, The Good and Beautiful God, sheds some new light on these verses. He points out in his book that God is actually clarifying who can be in a relationship with him. It is a list of inclusion, not exclusion. It is not just the religious elite, but those that are poor in spirit, those who mourn, those that are meek, that are invited into the kingdom of God. This list includes people that were on the fringe in those times and the marginalized. Jesus is clarifying that despite what they may have heard, they are invited too. Jesus is saying, all you who are outcasts, you are invited. You are invited to a relationship with God. He is also declaring that you are blessed when you mourn, because God will comfort you. You are blessed when you are hurting, because God is with you. Christians certainly go through hard things, but Jesus is assuring his followers that God is with us and we have the hope of eternity with him. The gathered crowd is given hope because the kingdom of heaven is available to even them. We are given hope because the kingdom of God is available to even us. During the temptation of Adam and Eve and of Jesus, we are led in on some of Satan's common tactics to pull us away from God. He tries to twist our interpretation of scripture and of God. I see him often trying to tell people that they are not good enough for God, not good enough to be loved by God, 
or that they have to earn God's love and acceptance. This is simply not true, but a lie from Satan. Jesus seems to be clearly telling those that may feel not good enough, not accepted, marginalized, that yes, you too are loved by God and can enter the kingdom of God. You are not cut off from God, but invited to him. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but be assured that God's, God loves you, not because of what you do, but because you are his child. Jesus is also assuring us that in times when we can feel disconnected from God and from others, we can still have blessing, hope, and comfort. It is a blessing to be comforted by God when we are in mourning and sad. It is a blessing to be comforted by God when we are being persecuted, put down, made fun of, or when we are humble and someone else is getting the attention. These can be hard things for us to face, but Jesus is sharing with us that they can also bring us closer to God because he is there with us. This was really made clear to me after my dad died. I was very close to him and had lost my mom many years before that. I was in shock, I was hurting, and I did not know how I was going to get through it. During those first few weeks after his death, I felt what I can only describe as God carrying me through my days. I had no strength of my own, no words for prayer, I just hurt. But God led me and guided me and seemed to be lifting me up and carrying me through my days. I relied on him in a way I hadn't ever needed to before. I grew closer to him, and even though I hurt so badly, I experienced God's love and care for me in a new way. I experienced God's blessing in my sadness and grief. Not only is God with us, but the things we face here on earth are not the end and not the ultimate. God is in control, and we can have hope in that. We can have hope for an eternity with him. Let's pray. God, you love us and care for us so deeply in ways we can't even really understand. Thank you for inviting us to a relationship with you and for your deep and complete love of us. In Jesus' name, amen.